You're listening to the audio ministries of First Baptist Church of Troy, Texas. You're invited to join us for live and in-person morning worship every Sunday morning at 1045 a.m. Visit fbctroytx.org for a list of our activity times and family-centered community ministries. Now here's today's message. I am glad that you are here. And, uh, and as we are here in Mother's Day and, and as we continue in our uh, series of Christ in the Old Testament, we come to the book of Esther. I had to come to Esther. I mean, it's Mama's Day, so we had to, had to uh, have a lady to look at today. And, uh, and again, as we look at this and as we celebrate Mother's Day, uh, and we celebrate women who have the, the uh, qualities of moms also, even though they may not be mothers. You know, some, some ladies have not had children, but yet they are a mother to someone. Uh, and, uh, and God uses them. He uses them to guide, to instruct, uh, to protect others in a motherly way. And one such lady is who we're going to look at this morning, who God used like a protective mother for his people, the Israelites. And again, as we continue in this series, we're going to look at the book of Esther. And for those of you in trivial pursuit folks who like to know things like this, this is the only book of the Bible that does not mention God. The only book of the Bible that you will not find the name God in. Okay? Yet, through Esther, we see an imprint of Christ. And yes, again, you heard me right. Book of Esther is the only one in the Bible that does not contain the name of God. However, even though you don't find the name of God in the book of Esther, you do find God at work in it. And you also, again, find the imprints of Christ. So, uh, and it, because remember what Jesus said. He said this, if I can get it here. You pour over scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, yet they testify about me. Now that's John 5, 39. I mentioned this scripture last week, and I always, whenever I make a mistake, I always like to correct it. I had John 5, 27, and Kathy said, it's not there. And I went, she's right, it's not there. I put the wrong scripture. I have, when I do these sermons, I have a lot of scriptures, I have all these reference verses, and I picked up a wrong reference verse. So if you wrote 5, 27 last week it's actually 539 but Jesus said this he said you you pour over scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them yet they testify about me and guess what Esther was in the scriptures that Jesus used okay so this book was in those scriptures so I would say that Esther even testifies about Jesus okay testifies about Jesus let me get going here there we go uh and, uh, and if you're not familiar with the book of Esther, it's the story of a common Jewish girl who becomes the queen of the most powerful empire on earth at that time, and that was Persia. For 200 years, the Persian empire was the global hub of splendor. It was the cutting edge of art and science of that day. It was the cutting edge of religion and power. There was no rival. There wasn't a country that could rival Persia in its day. And yet, Esther's position 
as queen was fragile. The, the queen before her had been deposed when the king got drunk and asked the queen to do something for him, and she said no. And he said, then you're out. I'm going to find somebody else. I mean, that's how fragile the, the king didn't like it. You were out, and he got somebody else in. And so the king went looking for a new queen, and Esther was chosen by the king due to her beauty. Apparently a very beautiful, beautiful woman. And after being queen for several years, Esther caught wind from her uncle Mordecai, who her uncle Mordecai had adopted her as his daughter when her, both her parents died. She was an orphan. And, and so she, she, she caught wind from her uncle Mordecai of a plot by an evil man by the name of Haman to destroy her people, to destroy the Israelite people. And that's where we're going to start looking at the imprint of Christ in Esther. Uh, and so uh, I want you to read, sometime read the whole book. It's a short book. It's a great book. And you'll see Christ in Esther. And so we're going to pick up right there. You've kind of background a little bit right there. And so we're going to pick up and find out that in Esther we see an imprint of one who will plead for us on our behalf. One who will plead to us on our behalf. In Esther 4, 8, we read this. Mordecai also gave him a copy of the written decree issued in Susa, ordering their destruction. Now that's the destruction of the Jews. So that Hathak might show it to Esther, explain it to her, and command her to approach the king, implore his favor, and plead with him personally for his people. Now what's happened here is Haman has hatched a plot to bring about the destruction of the, the Jews. And as you read Esther and you look at Haman, you can't help but see that he is like Judas who betrayed Christ. And here in, in that passage that we just read in, in uh, 4.8, we find Mordecai urging Esther to go to the king to beg his favor and plead with him on behalf of her people. She was the only pope the people had. She was the only hope that the Jews had. She was the only one to whom the king would listen. And as a queen... She was the mother of her people. You know, you hear uh, in England today, they call her what? The queen mother, right? Because she is a mother to the country. Well, Esther was a mother to the country, and especially a mother to her people. And like a mother who loves her children, she would do anything for them. Now, I don't know of any loving mother who would not plead on behalf of her children, to plead for their safety, to plead for their security. And isn't that what Christ does for us? Does he not stand between the law and the people whom the law condemns? Does he not plead for us? The Apostle Paul says this of Jesus, he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. And then the Apostle John says this, but if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, 
Jesus Christ, the righteous one. I like that. But if anyone does sin, that's me. That's you. And yeah, guess what? <laughs> we got an advocate. Someone who's pleading with the Father for us. And that's what Mordecai is asking Esther to do. To advocate, to plead for her people. Folks, if anything is an imprint of Jesus in this book, that's it. Pleading for the people. But we also find that there's another law that says, as you will, as we read further here, that if anyone comes before the king without being called, they'll be put to death. Unless the king holds out a golden scepter that says they can live. I mean, get that. It says all the royal officials and the people of the royal provinces know that one law applies to every man or woman who approaches the king in the inner courtyard and who has not been summoned the death penalty. Now, this is Esther saying this. Only if the king extends the gold scepter will the person live. I have not been summoned to appear before the king for the last 30 days. Now, at this point... The king hasn't summoned Esther. It's been 30 days. And folks, the queen could not just walk into the king's uh, uh, place and, and just say, hey, king, here I am. I got a question for you. I've got something for you. She had to have his permission to enter the room where he was at. Otherwise, she could be put to death herself. And so he hasn't summoned Esther for 30 days. And there's no reason to believe that he was going to summon her into his presence anytime soon. She was put, going to be putting her life on the line. But you know, as I thought about that, that she had to wait to be summoned or else the possibility of being put to death. Aren't you thankful that we serve a Savior that can freely and boldly enter before the throne of God and plead on our behalf? He doesn't have to worry. Remember, again, what Paul said in Romans 8, 34, that Jesus is sitting at the place of honor at God's right hand pleading for us. You might say this, Jesus has got our back, right? And it's because of that that the writer of Hebrews writes this. He says, Therefore, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us at the proper time. In Esther, we see an imprint of the one who would come and, and would plead on our behalf. Also in Esther, we see an imprint of one who will provide hope for us. Provide hope for us. Mordecai told the messenger to reply to Esther, Don't think that you will escape the fate of all the Jews because you are the, in the king's palace. If you keep silent at this time, liberation and deliverance will come to the Jewish people from another place, but you and your father's house will be destroyed. Who knows? Perhaps you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Mordecai warns Esther after she had told, said, hey, if I go before the king and I'm not called, I'm going to be put to death. Mordecai said, warns Esther that, hey, if you stay silent, you're, you're not going to be spared from the law just because you're a queen. You're Jewish. You'll be put to death also. The law will, will pertain to you as much as anyone else. But Mordecai, we see in his statement, is confident that if help doesn't come from Esther, it's going to come from another place. 
But he says, but who knows? Esther, maybe you were elevated to queen for this very reason. You see, Mordecai had hope. He knows and he believes in the promises of God to his people that one day the Messiah will come from the nation of Israel. And because of that promise, God will protect his people. And though the name of God is not mentioned in this story that we look at, God's faithfulness and God's provision is seen on every page. And because of that promise to protect his people, God will protect them. Esther came for times such as this so God's people might be saved. She was the hope of her people. They had no other hope. It was only Esther. That was it. One person was the hope of the whole Jewish people there in Persia. 2,000 years ago, Jesus came for such a time as this so that you and I and all who would believe would be saved from their sins. Look what Paul writes. But when the right time came, a time such as this, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that He could adopt us as His very own children. Folks, Jesus is the hope of mankind to be made right with God. There is no other hope. There is no other person. Just as the, the Jews only had Esther, you and I only have Jesus. He is the hope of mankind. And you know, I couldn't help but think about this. Our mothers were sent at the right time, so that we might be born for such a time as this and have the opportunity to one day be with God in heaven because of faith in Jesus. Because of God using our mothers to bring us into the world, we have the opportunity to know the hope of salvation through Jesus. Your birth was not a mistake. You are here for a reason. God purposefully knit you together in your mother's womb for a reason. You were born because God wants you to be with Him. You were born so that you could have the opportunity of salvation through Jesus. Jesus came for a time such as this so you and I and anyone who would believe can know the eternal salvation of God. In Esther, we see the imprint of the one who would come for a time such as this so that we might have the hope of salvation. Also, in Esther, we see the one who will perish for our salvation. We continue on in, in chapter 4 here. Esther sent this reply to Mordecai. Go and assemble all the Jews who can be found in Susa and fast for me. Don't eat or drink for three days, day or night. I and my female servants will also fast in the same way. After that, I will go to the king, even if it is against the law. If I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went and did everything Esther 
had ordered him to do. This chapter, chapter 4, closes with Esther agreeing to Mordecai's request to go before the king, even though her life might be on the line. But notice that she asked Mordecai and all the Jews to fast for her, and she and her servants do the same. Now, I find it interesting. How many days were they to fast? How many days was Jesus in the grave? Oh, I wonder if that's coincidental, right? And Esther says she will break the law and go to the king. And if she dies, she dies. But she gets the order right, doesn't she? First, she makes her request known to God through fasting and prayer. And, 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 and then she's able to make her request known to King Xerxes, knowing that God has heard her prayer. She goes to the only one whom she knows can give her favor and, to, and can save her people. And she, she does approach the king. We find that if you'll read on in Esther, she does approach the king, and she tells the king what is happening. And because of Esther, Haman and his henchmen are destroyed, and the Jews are saved from being wiped out. To this day, the Jews celebrate that. It's called the celebration of Purim. If you look on your calendars, you will see it today, and they still celebrate Purim. Because they're celebrating what Esther did for them years ago. She put her life on the line to go to the only one who could provide salvation for her people. And just like any good mother would, she put her life on the line for her children, if you will. And 2,000 years ago, Jesus put His life on the line. In fact, He gave His life so that you and I and anyone who would believe would be able to know salvation from the only one who can provide it. And that's God the Father. And Satan and his henchmen were defeated, and one day they will reap the full wrath of God for trying to destroy the pride of His creation, and that's mankind. Through Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, the payment for sin that God required was satisfied. And all one has to do to receive forgiveness is to accept what Jesus did on the cross for them by accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And that's it. And they will know the salvation of God. If you've never read the book of Esther, I want to encourage you to do so. I want to encourage you to do so. It's a short book. It will not take you long to get through it. It's a page turner. You, it's a good book. And if you've read it, I want to encourage you to read it again. And as you read, look for Christ. Look for Christ. You'll find Him in more places than what we've just looked at right here. I mean, in the interest of time, we just looked at that. And I'd like to give y'all mamas a little bit of a Mother's Day present and get you out a little early so you can beat the Methodists to the restaurants. <laughs> Was Esther an imprint of Jesus? Huh. Well, let's look again at her story. 
God raises up a Savior, right? She gives her life selflessly on behalf of her people. Through her willingness to die for others, God's enemies are defeated and God's people are given life and honor and she is vindicated and honored. Was she an imprint of Jesus? Yes, she absolutely was. In Esther, you will find the whole story is about Christ. As you read, you'll see this is Jesus. This is about Jesus. And my prayer is that as you read the story of Esther, you will see Jesus just as clearly as you do when you read about Him in the New Testament. How Jesus is someone who pleads on our behalf, who provides us hope, and who willingly died for our salvation. If you've not already done so, would you also accept the salvation that is offered to you by God through Jesus? For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through who? Christ Jesus our Lord. That's who it comes through. Just as the Jews' salvation on that day came through Esther. By, from, by God through Esther to them. You see, I believe for such a time as this, that God through your mother brought you into the world so that you might know this salvation and eternal life with Him. So if you've never accepted Christ, would you do so today? And if you're a believer, I want to ask you this question. How's your walk with the Lord? How's your walk with the Lord? Is your walk drawing people to Jesus? As we look at our world today, and folks, I think we all have to agree, we live in a messed up world, right? When I say it can't get any more messed up, I wake up the next day and I went, well, it just did it. We live in a messed up world. Folks, it's for a time, such a time as this, that our walk must be strong and committed to Jesus so that we can impact and influence souls for Him today. Man, may we, like Esther, be found faithful for such a time as this. And you know what? I can't think of any greater gift to give our mothers on this day. Let me ask you to bow your heads in prayer. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, today would you do so? Man, you've seen through this book of Esther, His love for you, what He would do for you. He died for you so you would not have to go to the place called hell. He wants you to be with That's why you were born. God wants you to be with Him. But it's up to you. You have to choose. You see, God doesn't send anyone to hell. People go there because they didn't choose God. That's it. Pure and simple. Today, would you choose God? Would you choose the salvation He has for you by just praying this simple prayer? Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. And I'm asking you to come into my life. I want you to be my Lord. I want you to be my Savior. And from this day forward, I'm following you. From this day forward, I give you my life and all that I have. And I'm trusting in you for my salvation.
Now, every Sunday I make sure and say, there's no magic in the words. So you say, man, I didn't get all those. Did you pray something like that? Did you really mean it? If you really mean it, I promise you, according to God's word, you are saved. And you don't have to worry about a place called hell anymore. Because for a time such as this, you have accepted Christ as your Savior. And one day you will be with him. And we invite you during our invitation time in just a moment to step out in the aisle and come forward and say, I pray that prayer, preacher. We will celebrate with you. We will rejoice with you. You're now part of the family. Maybe as a believer, you haven't been walking the walk. I mean, in, in this world, you're here for a time such as this to show people the way to Jesus. Maybe you need to come up to the altar and just kneel and pray and recommit your life to Him. Maybe you're here today and you want to be a part of a church home as we celebrate our Lord, as we try to do what God calls us to do the best we can. We invite you to come also during this invitation time if the Lord's put on your heart. All I know, it's for a time such as this that you are here today. It's not by accident. You're here for a reason. What is God calling you to do? What does He want you to do? Will you do it for Him? Father God, thank You so much for this message of Esther. Lord, thank You for how we see You working through this book and saving Your people. And Lord, as we see and get a glimpse, an imprint of Jesus and what He's going to do centuries later in coming to die for us at the right time. Oh, Father, Lord, I pray if there's anyone here that doesn't know Christ, that Father today, they would say yes to Him. Lord, if anybody's listening on live stream and doesn't know Christ, Lord, I pray they would accept Him as their Lord and Savior. Lord, if there's someone here not walking the way they need to walk with You, Lord, may they recommit themselves. Lord, whatever You're calling people to do, this is the time. Father, may we say yes to You. For it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. We'd like to personally thank you for taking the time out of your day to hear our latest message. Do us a favor and send an email to outreach at fbctroytx.org to let us know that you heard us and what you thought of the message. Remember to visit fbctroytx.org to learn more about how we support our local community. Again, thank you for listening.